good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, firstly, I'm glad to be back and thank you to all the subscribers who wish me well. I am now a little bit better, but still not 100%, but the show must go on. And we'll start off with the daily COVID numbers. Thailand logged 14,666 new coronavirus cases over the previous 24 hours, the fewest since July 27th, along with 190 COVID fatalities the Public Health Ministry reported today. The new caseload comprised of 14,362 in the general population and 304 among prison inmates and 7 diagnosed and new arrivals to the country. On Monday, 19,245 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after making a full recovery, almost 5,000 more than the number of new infections. So as you can see, we have some good news and the light at the end of the tunnel seems to be getting a lot brighter. So let's hope that this is real numbers that are coming out. I do know that the testing is also dropping but that could also be because the number of sick people is less as well but we will see in the coming few weeks exactly what has happened and what's going on. Now our first story of the day, Joe Ferrari denies all accusations. Joe Ferrari has denied all accusation made against him over a high profile case involving the alleged fatal torture of a drug suspect in Nakhon Sawan's Wang district station according to his lawyer. Lawyer Chuck Chai and Q said Joe Ferrari denied the charges during police questioning and vowed to fight the case in court. His denial stood in stark contrast to his remarks he made when he phoned in and spoke to reporters during a press conference on Thursday night. The former police chief station, also known as Joe Ferrari, surrendered to police at the Crime Suppression Division in Bangkok earlier on Thursday evening. During the press conference, Joe Ferrari admitted ordering the partial suffocation of Chirapong Tanapat, a 25-year-old dr- drug suspect with plastic bags during interrogation, but said the motive was not to extort money from him. It is the right of the suspect to deny the charges, Mr. Chuck Chai said, while refusing to reveal what charges were brought against Joe Ferrari. The Lawyers Association of Thailand, LAT, on Saturday criticized senior officers for allowing Joe Ferrari to speak to reporters during the press conference at the CSD on Thursday night. This is tantamount to giving the suspect more rights than the law allows. This is against the law, the LAT said. Previously, senior police were also accused of using the press conference to shield Joe Ferrari, triggering public suspicion, particularly on social media, that he might eventually be spared punishment. The LAT also said Joe Ferrari's remarks during the press conference could be seen as excuses or as him asking for sympathy. The remarks could influence public feeling or investigators, while damaged parties and witnesses may also be pressured, which could affect the justice process, the LAT said. The association also said that investigators must find out who drove Joe Ferrari to meet Police General Eckerath, Deputy Commissioner of the Peninsula Police Region 6 in Chambury last Wednesday. The driver is a key witness in the case and investigators must find out the details, the LAT said. Police Major General Eckerath told the press conference that he could not remember the license plate number of the white car which Joe Ferrari left. 
Autopsy confirms tortured suspect died of suffocation, not overdose. The same hospital that initially backed up the police's version of events about the death of a suspect in their custody reversed its conclusion today, saying he had indeed died of suffocation at the hands of the officers torturing him. What we have here is, as I think many people can see at this stage, is a cover-up. And it looks like the police are doing their very best to ensure that this guy spends as little amount of time, if any, in prison. Now, I've heard that they don't want to try him for murder, but manslaughter, which means he could get three years. But most people think he's going to get nothing and get off scot-free. Now, this is a national disgrace. And the prime minister of this country, of course, who will do nothing, by the way, should be doing something. But he'll sit there like a gimp and do nothing. The top copper in Bangkok didn't remember the number plate of the car. What kind of cops are these? No, he didn't remember. He didn't care. And they could find out this number very easily. Because if he drove from Chonburi to Bangkok, he would have passed through a load of tolls, which would have had number plate readers on them but of course we're talking about the police in thailand and that would involve doing some real investigation work as per usual we can see how the law is maintained here in thailand one law for one set of people and another for others and yes you can see why people do not trust the police here in this country and they have good reason not to they have shown their true colors yet again. A guy is clearly seen on camera being murdered. And yet, it seems like the guy who did it is denying it now. I think it's funny that the hospital went along with what the police said for the reason of death. And now that they're under the microscope, have already changed it, of course. But this is all the nonsense that we have been stuck in with in Thailand in relation to this story. But Thai people do know what's going on. And it's very clear what is going on. The big cover-up is what's going on. And they're doing their best to ensure that Mr. Joe Ferrari, and just to let people know, I don't call him police captain or anything or police colonel or whatever he's meant to be, like all these other news outlets don't. He was fired from the police department, so he doesn't retain his title in my books. He's just a guy who murdered or allegedly murdered a person in custody in a police station. But what do you think about this, guys? Do you think this guy will ever do any time in prison for the crime? Do you think it'll even ever get to court? I'd love to know your opinion down below in the comment section. And next up, no jabs needed for dining in. People in dark red zones will not need to be fully vaccinated or pass a COVID-19 test to dine in at eateries and restaurants in dark red zones, according to the latest announcement in the Royal Gazette. Now, this announcement contradicted early reports which said restaurants wishing to open would be required to restrict dine-in services to fully vaccinated patrons and or those who have passed a COVID-19 test with an antigen test kit before entering. The news was published in the Royal Gazette last Saturday along with the easing of the COVID-19 curbs which were endorsed by the CCSA. A source close to the matter said the CCSA will provide more detailed guidance on the issue later. CC spokeswoman Tawisad Visayatun on Monday instructed the public health ministry and other concerned stakeholders to come up with measures to determine the impact the ease measures have on a number of infections. While restaurants and several other businesses are gearing up to open, the 9pm to 4am curfew will remain in place, while all other employees are asked to work from home until September 14th. Public gatherings of no more than 25 people will once again be permitted in dark red zones, albeit with permission from authorities. In Bangkok, schools will be allowed to resume in-person instruction, given they meet the conditions laid out by the Education Ministry and the Ministry of Higher Education, Science, Research and Innovation. Starting tomorrow, beauty salons, 
barber shops will reopen, though no walk-ins will be allowed. Spas and massage parlours, meanwhile, can only offer foot massages. Furthermore, interprovincial travel from dark red zones will no longer be restricted. Airlines will also be allowed to resume passenger services if seats are limited to 75% of capacity, Dr. Twisep said. Separately, the National Health Security Office, NHSO, invited hospitality sector employees to take a free COVID-19 test between August 31 and September 3. Eligible employees can go on the fourth floor of the parking garage in Building B at the government complex, Changwatana Road, between 8.30am and 4.30pm. The centre is capable of processing 1,500 people each day. So the last show that I left you with was our no vaccination no service. And that at the time was the story because this is exactly what the CCSA said live on television during their daily briefing. And then the next day they published the law in the Royal Gazette and it had none of this in it. Now, what has gone on here? Well, I think it's very obvious what's gone on here. The big boys in the hospitality industry have had their say and the government have bent over to them, basically. Because as of the last day, this was going to be the law. It was on every newspaper's front page, but all of a sudden it just disappeared. And now basically they're saying, well, uh, we'll send out guidelines about that in the future. This is exactly how this country is run. There are no rules or regulations. People say things and they never follow through on them. And big business get their say and normally win. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong what they did. In fact, I think a lot of people would say, okay, let people who are, if there was enough people vaccinated, it might be okay. But when there's so little people or so few people, vaccinated. That's a whole different story. But the government didn't think like that. The government were just making their own regulations. And of course, all big business came out and said, these these are all ridiculous. We don't want to be doing this rapid antigen test for our staff every week. No nonsense. Uh, vaccination certificates to come in or rapid antigen tests. Yes. Okay. Now, business do not want to take the responsibility for checking people's vaccination certificates at the front door. And neither do they want to be telling people you can't come in because you're not vaccinated. And then You'll always have people who will be upset with this. But on the other hand, I think rapid antigen tests for staff once a week is not a bad thing, especially when you're in a restaurant where staff are touching cutlery, touching plates, touching your food, that this kind of safety measure, in my opinion, is needed. Hospitality workers are in close contact with everything that you eat and touch in a restaurant. And I do believe they should be tested once a week, maybe once every 10 days, something like this. I don't think it's a bad thing. Of course, businesses don't want to do it. Now, the last day I said that the government should be paying for these rapid antigen tests. Actually, in fact, the government are going to sell these rapid antigen tests to businesses for 75 baht each. Now, that's very cheap. Because if you go and buy them in the shop, they're starting off about 300, 350 baht for one. So these are the ones that they bought from China, I think from Lepu Medical or something like that. But they're going to sell them and there's an order form you can fill out online to place your order for them as a business. And they'll charge you 75 baht each, which isn't that bad really for a business. It's a good selling point for a business too, a good marketing ploy. You know, all our staff are vaccinated. We test our staff every week. You can be sure that when you come to our restaurant, our hotel, our bar, that our staff are COVID free. And businesses should want that too, because it instills safety and people feel secure, at least when they're going to your restaurant. But as per usual, big business wins out and nothing's done. So but what do you think about all this? Do you believe that they've made the right decision? Do you think maybe rapid antigen chest for staff should be a thing once every week? once every 10 days. I'd love to know your opinion down below in the comment section. 
Sandbox at risk of collapse after infection surge. Local tourism organizations have called for strict COVID-19 curbs to be relaxed to help with a quick recovery despite authorities struggling under the weight of a new surge of up to 200 infections a day. Tanit Tantparakit, president of the Phuket Tourism Council, said the latest cases were not caused by tourists but by local activities, reports the Bangkok Post. Disease control measures should be eased to allow visitors who are fully vaccinated and pass swab tests to enter the province to boost economic recovery, he said. The president of the Federation of Thai Industry, Phuket's chapter, said September will be a pivotal month. It is essential to vaccinate as many local residents as possible to shield them from the virus. She also said the Digital Economy Promotion Agency is expected to set up smart checkpoints to screen visitors in October. The best measure must be put in place before people are allowed to enter Phuket, she said. Sarut Malam, chief advisor to the Phuket Tourism Council, said if the island is put under a two-month lockdown, it could spell doom for the Phuket Sandbox scheme. Foreign consuls have said foreign visitors already feel deceived after arriving in Phuket. If the province is locked down again, no visitors will come at all, Mr. Sariot said. Tourists from Bangkok and Europe will disappear during the high season. We need to strike a balance to coexist with COVID, he said. Tourists from Europe want to dine and have a beer and wine together. But right now, they cannot do anything. Many have said they felt cheated for three months now. If Phuket was not ready, then why reopen? Without an easing of the curbs, will be ruined, said Mr. Sariat. Phuket Governor Narang Wunsi said local authorities are stepping up efforts to contain the surge of infections as quickly as possible. Many of the new cases were detected using antigen test kits, which results were confirmed again for accuracy by RT-PCR, he said. Transmissions have increased among residents and migrant workers, he said. While the spikes in local infections, the prospects of the Phuket Sandbox scheme may look dimmer now than when it first started, he said. We have to do everything we can to get through this difficulty situation and hope case numbers will slow down. We have to join forces and move forward. This is a life and death situation for the future of the Phuket Sandbox model, the governor said. So as I know it, for the next month, at least September 1 to 14, the alcohol ban is still happening in bars, restaurants, clubs, etc. So technically, you will not be able to get a drink when you go out. Now, I do know that there are a lot of places serving alcohol in Phuket. And I do know that there are a load of clubs open in Phuket right now. So people are ignoring the law. And it seems like the authorities are also ignoring the law, or at least turning a blind eye. In relation to the entry requirements for Phuket, I read on a Thai website yesterday that entry into Phuket now will be only for fully vaccinated travelers who also must have a RT-PCR or rapid antigen test, no older than 72 hours. And then you have to be either going for business or something along those lines. Now, This was released yesterday, but I have seen no official release from the Phuket government as of yet. And I'm recording this at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. Now it should come into effect tonight at midnight. So I don't know where the notice is or why it hasn't been posted. But as usual, last minute things here in Thailand, you know, you live with it after a while. Now, with these new measures, I think it's even more stringent than it was before. Now, if they're saying fully vaccinated with two doses, that means people who have one AstraZeneca, one Pfizer, one Moderna, they will not be able to enter. Now, I I could be wrong because I've yet to see the official announcement. I only saw the minutes of the meeting yesterday. If that's the case, it's going to be less people coming to Phuket. Not more, because there are very few people in Thailand who are fully vaccinated. We have a lot of people who have one dose, but not people with 
two doses. Also, they're talking about we need to vaccinate Phuket. What are they talking about? Phuket has over 70% of people vaccinated. The ones who are not vaccinated are either children or people who don't want to be vaccinated. I think Phuket have had their fair share of vaccines at this moment in time, and the rest of the country needs to be looked at. Places like Pattaya, who want to open, Chiang Mai, Huahin, who are all lounging down at the 30% vaccination mark. Those people in, in those parts of Thailand need to have vaccinations. So I don't agree with this, we need to be giving more vaccines to Phuket. They want to start giving third doses now, when people in the country haven't even received one dose. Now, to me, that's ludicrous. Anyway, that's just some news about the Phuket Sandbox model. It technically ends on the 30th of September, so we're going to have to see what the Tourism Authority of Thailand have planned, whether they're just going to continue with this sandbox stuff through the high season, which in my opinion will be the death of tourism in this country, but who knows. Now, India pinpointed for Tat Tourism Bonanza. Thailand should grant Indian tourists permission to visit after COVID infections on the subcontinent improve significantly as pent-up demand is starting to flood into other countries, says the Tourism Authority of Thailand. The Indian market is forecast to have 21,000 tourists generating at least 938 million Thai baht in the fourth quarter under a best-case scenario that assumes Indian tourists can access the Sandbox program without quarantine, as well as commercial flights to six key cities resuming services said Chalada Sitavaran, director of TAT's Mumbai office. At present, there are no commercial flights between the two countries as Thailand suspended certificate of entry issuance for Indian nationals since April due to a spike in COVID cases in India. She said the Indian market was the third largest for Thai tourism in 2019 as it logged nearly 2 million tourists and 80 billion baht in receipts. Arrival plunged to 261,778 last year. Indian tourists took 26.3 million outbound trips prior to the pandemic. Indians have recently resumed overseas trips to to the Maldives, Dubai and the UK as those destinations lifted restrictions excluding them from entry. The Maldives has welcomed 103,000 Indian arrivals, comprising its second largest market for the first seven months this year. The TAT is particularly keen on attracting high-spending Indian visitors, as its survey of 300 travel agents suggested 34% want to promote Thailand packages to mid-market customers, while 27% to the luxury segment. Only 24% of travel agents surveyed wish to promote packages to the budget segment. We used to have more than 300 flights per week connecting Bangkok and Phuket with New Delhi, Mumbai, Kolkata, Chennai, Hyderabad and Bangalore, said Miss Chalada. If airlines are ready to serve the Phuket route, we can definitely persuade this market to return this year. She said the crucial factor is quarantine-free entry because 80% of Indian arrivals stay less than 7 days. The TAT survey also indicated 94% foresee travel demand to Thailand and 61% plan to promote packages for the mid-level to luxury markets. Now, this is the tat at it again with the magic numbers that they pluck out of a hat and then hope somebody may believe them. The bottom line is, yes, every country will travel if there is no quarantine, not just Indians. And in order for the Indian market to open up, you actually have to issue certificates of entry for them. How about a test? But as you see, you have to reduce the quarantine or the amount of time they have to stay in a certain part. Now, since there's no quarantine technically in Phuket, what's the problem with opening up? If they're coming for seven days, they would only have to do two swab tests, right? So just let them come. There's no quarantine. Open up and let them do the same as everybody else has to do right now. See if you have that demand. Judge it. Take it as a survey to see if you get the numbers that you're talking about. 
but I don't think you will because the usual tat thing is to just throw out as many numbers as possible and just hope something sticks when they throw it up there. And we all know it's rubbish. We have talked about this at length. The only way for tourism to resume at any kind of significant level is to abolish all the sandbox stuff. And that's the bottom line. You guys know it. I know it. Apparently the director in America of TAT knows it. And this lady in India also knows it. The only person who doesn't seem to know it is the head of TAT in Thailand. Maybe someday he will. And now for the Phuket News Roundup. Yesterday we had 258 local COVID-19 transmissions. Two of those came from the Sandbox program. We had 254 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme. One tested positive for COVID on arrival. They arrived on three flights, two Singapore Airlines and one El Al. 150 travelers tested negative for COVID during their second test, while two tested positive. While there was no reported infections during the third and final swab test of 79 tourists. Since the 1st of July, 26,037 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. Now in other Phuket news, Phuket COVID restrictions extended. Schools are to remain closed and the ban on restaurants serving alcohol or allowing alcohol to be consumed on the premises remains in place after a new order was issued yesterday extending the COVID restrictions in effect across Phuket. COVID patients flee Phuket Hospital. Officials responsible for safeguarding the field hospital set up at Prince of Sangla University, Phuket campus in Katu, are conducting a full check on the patients being kept there after some of them were seen fleeing the COVID care facility yesterday. Now, further on from that story, they are claiming that nobody escaped, but there's actually pictures of people fleeing, so it just seems to be a case of trying to save face on this occasion as well. And finally, American tourists rescued after injured, stranded in kayaking scare. An American tourist was safely rescued and brought back to Phuket after he was injured on rocks on an island just offshore from Yanui Beach on Phuket's southwest coast yesterday. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.